Welcome to the Careers, Employability and Skills podcast from Queen's University Belfast. This episode was recorded during the 2020 Graduate Recruitment and Placement Fair, featuring Sarah McCabe, the Associate Director for the Talent Attraction and Acquisition of EY Belfast, and is hosted by Sandra Scannell from the Queen's Careers, Employability and Skills Department. Good afternoon everyone, my name is Sandra Scannell and I am Employer Engagement Manager at Queen's University Belfast. I'm delighted to welcome you to the first of the employer skill sessions that you can access throughout the two days of the fair. I'm joined for this section by Sarah McCaig, who's Associate Director for Talent Attraction and Acquisition at EY Belfast. Sarah, you're very welcome, both as our speaker for this session and also as our sponsor for the Graduate Recruitment and Placement Fair. So EY are a long-term supporter of employability and skills at Queen's University, as well as a significant employer of our student talent. And it's great to have your continued support, Sarah, as we move into this virtual fair model delivery. Employers are increasingly changing the way in which they recruit, and even before the impact of the pandemic, EY were one of the front runners in recognising the importance of skills in the recruitment process. So in this session, we will explore EY's strength-based recruitment model. Sarah, could I ask you firstly to tell us a bit more about EY and introduce us to the concept of strength-based assessment and how it differs from the traditional process for recruitment? Thank you, Sandra, um, and good afternoon to everyone. Uh, can I firstly thank um, Queen's for the opportunity to sponsor uh, the fairs, albeit that they're virtual this year and not face-to-face, -face, and we do miss that interaction with students, but it's great um, to have this platform to share um, a little bit about EY, but also about our recruitment processes. So if I start with a little bit um, about EY, we're one of the big four professional services firms. Um, we have about 550 staff in Belfast at present and 18,000 staff um, in 21 offices across the UK. Uh, we're, we're traditionally known for bringing staff in to do their targeted accountancy exams, be that in our audit business or our tax business. Um, but we also have a large consulting business in Belfast um, and we bring in students now down different routes. So through data analytics, project management, uh, contract and procurement management. So there's a wide range of opportunities for students at all levels within e EY. Uh, we are a global organisation, we're in 150 countries worldwide, um, so the opportunities for students to move and to travel and, and gain that vast exposure in their career is, is there, right on their doorstep in Belfast. So if we move on to the strengths-based recruitment that we use in EY, um, as you mentioned, we've stepped away from kind of traditional routes. We did this about 10 years ago. Um, and we work with an organisation called the Centre for Applied Positive Psychology. Um, and they have helped us develop this strengths-based recruitment process to assess potential in students. So that's the main difference of strengths-based recruitment. We're not looking for the students to have had uh, work experience or experience in a range of things. We're looking for the potential they have to become leaders in our business and to be successful in our business. We review our process every couple of years. We review the strengths that we use and the frameworks to make sure that they align to the people who are performing the highest in our business. Um, and then that helps us assess that potential in those students coming in. So if we think about what other employers may use, they typically use a competency-based approach. 
And the difference between a strengths and a competency based approach is around the energy and enthusiasm. Competency can be learnt, whereas a strength is something that you have that natural enthusiasm and um, energy around doing. So if you think about it, it, it's something that you do well, you do often and you enjoy doing at that time. Uh, we use that across all of our student recruitment, right from um, the online assessment, the assessment centre that they'll come into and also in the final interview. The majority of the strengths are core strengths for EY, so we use them across all of our programmes that we operate. But when you get to that final interview, we'll have more focused strengths for the area that you have applied for as well. That's great. It's actually, you know, in, in thinking of from the student's perspective, um, it's, if you have an enthusiasm about what you're talking about, you always come across slightly more kind of like confident and better at, at what you're trying to get, um, you know, across to an employer. So it is a, a nice way um, of actually uh, that job process and can be quite daunting and um, the, under the traditional competency based. Um, so, so, Sorry, would you like to add something there, Sarah? Oh, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, that I think that's a challenge for students in the current um, environment, Sandra, in that, you know, when we run our assessment centres or our interviews face to face, that energy is really obvious to see. Um, and so for students that are coming into this new virtual environment, I think they really need to think about that, um, about how they portray themselves. You know, we're quite we've done quite a lot of virtual events over the summer um, and run our work experience virtually. Um, and when we're on the assessment centres with our with our students, we're always asking them to come on camera and to think about, you know, interacting and engaging and asking questions, even if it's in the chat, rather than if they're not confident to speak out or they don't want to interrupt anybody, um, but they've got a burning question. So we're really looking for other ways of watching for that energy, but it's really a challenge for the students to think, I'm not in that room now, so I've got to I've got to get across how enthusiastic, how energised I am by this this opportunity. Absolutely. That's actually a really good tip, um, Tristan, and kind of a, as we move on to more and more of this digital activity um, for the students listening in. Um, so, Sarah, if we could take a look then at um, the strengths that EY recruit against, and could you kind of elaborate on how a candidate could effectively demonstrate these to you? Yeah, so um, these are a number of the, the core strengths that we would look at across all of our services, um, our service lines in EY. Um, and like I said, we're not looking for students to have had reams and reams of work experience. We're not looking for them to have done an internship with ourselves or, or um, another currency firm. What we're looking for, um, and it particularly they'll, they'll come across that in our EY Experience Day, our assessment centre, is that we'll give them um, a situation or a task and we'll ask them how they would approach that, how they feel about that. We may give them a number of tasks and ask them to choose their preferred five um, or we may give them a group activity and ask them to evaluate how they've done in that activity and what they would do differently next time. So it's not that we're asking them to go off um, and come to us with all of this experience of all of these strengths, but just to have them in their mind while they're going through our process and think about how would I deal with this situation or how would I manage this situation? What, what would I rely on to do that? Um, so, for example, if they, we look at the strengths curious, we're looking for people who are always challenging, who are questioning why they're doing something. They're looking for new ways of doing it. They want to understand 
how something works or what what's behind something or what's making uh, changing figures in a business or driving a change in analytics that they see. Um, so it's that curious finding out what's next, what's coming, why something's happening and that and that reason behind it. I think a big one or a big two, I should say, actually for now, um, adaptable and resilience. Um, that's been huge for the students that we've onboarded um, in the last six months. Um, but equally for the students that are coming towards their last year in university or starting university in a different way than they had ever envisaged themselves. Um, so how can they make the most of the circumstances that they're in right at the moment? Um, and things are frequently changing for us all. Um, so there needs to be a level of resilience there that they can manage that change process that they don't get change fatigue, that they can, you know, have coping mechanisms for stress management that they know when they're stressed and how to deal with that and whether they need to go and um, get half an hour's exercise in or whether they need to go and do some mindfulness or some yoga or something just to take themselves out of that stressful position and come back fresh at it um, and to keep going when um, the times are challenging or difficult. Um, the number savvy one uh, we always kind of fear putting up because it, it reinforces that stereotype of accountants there. Um, we're not looking for um, you know somebody who has done further maths, additional maths, uh, um, A-level maths. That's not necessarily what we're looking for. We're subject agnostic. But you, we are a numbers business, and whether that be in data analytics or whether it be in our audit business, you will be given large volumes of data, sometimes numerical, and you will need to be comfortable working with that and looking for patterns or understanding patterns or understanding the numbers in the business as well. Um, so, so people have to have a level of comfort around that and understanding what drives business um, or what drives our customers' businesses as well. Um, a team player one we will assess uh, on our EY experience day in our new virtual group exercise. This is one of the things that we've put in for this season. We didn't have it in when um, last year when we moved to our virtual assessment centres and it was really missing. It was really hard for us to assess that, that strength in individuals um, over the last six months. So I'm really glad to see that it's back in because it was one of my favourite activities when we did them face to face because it's a really good way of seeing um, everybody's energy levels in the room and seeing how they interact in a group um, because all of our business across our business you'll work in teams and those teams can be very small teams right up to very large teams. So you really need to have an understanding of how you integrate into a team, what roles you tend to take on, what your strengths are. So you don't need to be the leader of that group. Quite often you just need to be the person who focuses the group or who remembers to bring the group back to a certain point or builds on somebody else's idea. Um, so again, in the group exercise, we're not looking for the person who talks the most or who talks the loudest. We're looking for the person who brings the most value to the group and whether that's bringing in people who are quiet or in the group or, like I say, bringing the group back to the task in hand and making sure that they finish it. You know, everybody has a slightly different role that they will take on in the group. And often we need as well those people who start the group off and get them going and get them kind of focused on the task. 
as well. So I don't want to necessarily go through every one of them, Sandra, because um, I'm conscious you have some other questions as well. Yeah, just picking up on your group dynamic there. It's uh, quite often when you know people are put into scenarios where they're working in groups, um, they, they think that they have to perform and they have to be louder than everyone else and they have to stand out, you know, whereas what you've described um, catches all types of kind of personalities and, and strengths as well. So yeah. again, refreshing to see. Um, the next question, Sarah, would be um, what advice could you give to students preparing for either the, the strengths-based assessment in the initial stages or bringing it on then into the interview when it becomes a wee bit more focused? Um, so, like I said, um, at the beginning, I gave out a few tips around, you know, making sure your technology works, making sure you're comfortable that to come on camera. Look, you know, I know that everybody doesn't isn't as fortunate as maybe myself, although I am sitting today in my kitchen because um, I didn't want the picture of Brian Driscoll behind me that's been behind me for the last six months on this. Um, a lot of people would like that, actually. Um, I thought I'd have a change today. Um, but, you know, we're, we are conscious that for a lot of students, they're either in shared accommodation or maybe at home with their parents or, you know, they don't have a home office set up. They're maybe hovering on the corner of their bed in their bedroom. We're absolutely not interested in your wallpaper or your mum and dad's choice of decoration or, you know, your flatmate's dirty dishes in the background. There are technologies that you obviously can use um, we do all of our assessment centers at the minute um, the the camera the face-to-face -face part on Microsoft Teams so there is an option there to put a background up or to blur out the background if you're really uncomfortable with that so please use that technology um, so that we can see your face so that we can see that interaction uh, it is very different um, a, a virtual to a face-to-face -face because that rapport takes a bit longer to build up, and um, particularly on the one-to-one -one exercises, either in the assessment centre or or with the interviewer. Um, but our interviewers and our assessors are all very well prepped to come on camera. We're doing it a lot in our business at the minute. We've you know we've switched overnight, and they're very used to being on camera, and they too will have backgrounds on. Now I do ask them not to put the beach background on because I don't think that's necessarily the most appropriate. Why is the beach But yeah, so you know. The other thing to, you know to think about in that setup is making sure that your technology, your your Wi-Fi signal is as as strong as it can be in your house um, or or wherever you're doing it, and that you're not going to get interrupted. Um, says she, who's hoping her cat doesn't walk into this at the minute. <laughs> She's not sure where he is. Um, so you know things like that. Make sure that you do all that prep stuff that you mightn't have had to do when you were coming into our office but you, you kind of think about that in advance and and I suppose that takes the place of actually finding out where our office is and where you're supposed to be on um, a certain day and then for identifying their strengths and particularly when you're coming towards the final interview stage and, you, and you're thinking about the job that you're going into quite often it's difficult to identify your own strengths but if you think about, we'll go back to what I said at the beginning about strengths is that energy level. So something you do well, you do often and you enjoy doing or you feel fulfilled when you do it. So it might not be the first thing on your uh, to-do list because this might be the thing that you know, I can do that in five minutes and I really, I'll knock that off in five minutes. I just have to get this thing that I hate doing done first. So it, it, it could be the, the thing that you treat yourself to or it 
or depending on your personality, it could be the thing you do first because you knew you can do it in five minutes. Um, it'll be the thing that your friends always ask you to do. It'll be the role you always find yourself in in any club or society. So if you're really good with, with numbers, you'll find yourself as the treasurer, you know, or you're really good at organising or you're really analytical. You know, people bring you their problems and say, I don't know why this isn't working or I've done this and I can't get the, the right answer. If you're that person, then then they can help you identify those skills that you have. It'll be the thing that your friends say that you never shut up about. Um, <laughs> as well or the things that you can talk about for ages and again in the in our final interview we're not looking for you to come with all that experience as I said um, so what we'll give you is a situation or we'll tell you a bit about the area you've applied to um, a bit about the strengths that they look for um, and then we'll ask you about a situation and what you find your, what you would find yourself doing if you were in that situation when you're in our business. For our final interview, there's a little bit of pre-work. There's a, a short presentation that we ask the candidates to do. And that's really your opportunity to do a little bit of research um, around DIY, around our clients and our services and what we're delivering um, and about that line of service that you've applied for. So the final thing um, for the, the interview is around motivation. Um, you will be interviewed by a partner or director in our business who is in effect an owner of our business um, and they will want to know why you have chosen EY, um, why you've applied, why you've applied to that particular area of EY because that's the part that they own um, in essence. So, and I don't know any other business that won't ask you the same question at a final interview. Um, so that's really your opportunity to show the research that you've done into the business and um, into the pathway that you've applied for. If there's a professional exam on that or qualification on that, you know, to, um, to show that you've done your background research, which everybody can do. There's lots of information on our website. Most of our exam pathways are Chartered Accountants Ireland um, or the Chartered Accountants Institute in Scotland, ICAS. So, you know, there's reams of information out there about how that happens, how long it takes to do, what the format of the exams are. Uh, the Institute locally are really good at running student events that you can go along to and find out more from um, if you're not sure about that. So, you know, anything that you can do there to demonstrate that research that you've done into our business and into that um, pathway that you're coming in, programme that you're coming in, then that's that will set you off well on the fit. Great, Sarah. I mean, there's a lot of, of what you just said about, you know, uh, kind of really having the preparation to that. And a lot of the things about, are resonating about strength, actually, with me. And I'm smiling and laughing and nodding yeah. along because it's something that I actually only became self-aware of um, in the last maybe five years, you know. And when that kind of dawned on me that I should be kind of like expressing that, um, it made everything a lot more easier. Um, really interesting just in the fact that the partners are so willing to, you know, interview graduates and it's really like, you know, they're very passionate about who uh, and what and how the fit is. And, um, you know, that motivation part is all important for everyone, as you mentioned. There's usually um, an opportunity at the end for, you know, a, a candidate to ask questions. What's a good question um, to ask at the end? Um, and, and should you always actually ask a question, Sarah? Um. I personally think you should always ask a question at the end of an interview. Um, you should have by that stage, even if it is virtual, you should have built up a bit of a rapport 
with uh, the interviewer. So, you know, there are some questions I would absolutely tell you to avoid. Um, so the questions around, you know, salary and benefits and things like that, as I'd certainly at a graduate level, you know, they're all on our website. You'll, there's plenty of opportunity to speak to uh, the team over the next two days, and they'd be happy to share that information with you. Uh, you know, at the fairs and things like that, we're not we're not hiding that information from you. Um, it's just not the right place to ask it at the end of the interview. Plenty of time um, to ask my team during the the experience day and stuff like that. So, uh, questions that I would focus on at the end of the interview, you know. Like I said, we're um, a business that has, you know, we work business to business. We have large volumes of clients. <clears throat> Our partners and directors have typically been in the business for a number of years, or they've had a really interesting career path up to that point, you know, and it takes a lot of work to, to be a partner in our business. So, you know, I'd be asking them around what's their, um, you know, best client they've worked on, what's been the most challenging client they've worked on, um, what's been their, you know, career path to date, if they haven't already shared that with you, or what's been their most interesting role that they've had in the organisation, um, or a role that they've learnt the most in. We're an organisation that encourages people to try something new, to continually learn and develop. Um, we have a program around EY badges and a tech MBA at the minute. So there's lots on our website to, to feed you, to ask them. So you can ask them if, they, if their team have done badges, if they've done a badge themselves, if any other team are doing the tech MBA. Um, lots and lots of things out there. A lot of questions we're getting asked at the moment, actually, in our, we did an, an induction uh, at the beginning of this month with um, our incoming grads and our managing partner for Belfast. Um, and they were asking about the return to the office and how um, we were engaging with our teams remotely and you know virtually and, and what were the biggest challenges in doing that. Um, and the partners are really open to hearing feedback from students, from incoming grads about what would work and what would they need to see um, if they were coming into the business. Because Yes, we've had, we were able to close down and pick up overnight virtually for the majority of our staff, but it's not without its challenges and we haven't necessarily got everything right there at the minute. Um, and our offices have reopened again now, but our numbers of people coming in are very low um, and we're limited in who can go in as well. So, you know, they're keen to hear what more they can do as well. So asking them what we've done and and they'll probably ask you a few questions back at the end of that, I would think. Um, so, yeah, so it's, again, for me, those questions are, at the end of the interview, are an opportunity for the candidate to get a view on, do I see myself working for this person? Do I think I'd fit into their team? Would I like, do they inspire me as a leader? Um, so that, that's what they should be thinking around shaping their questions. If I was coming to work here, what else do I need to know? Um, about this person and actually I found when I got interviewed um, to join EY uh, it was because of the people who interviewed me um, that made me join. I, I built that rapport, we had a good chat. Um, we quite often get feedback in EY that our interviews don't feel very formal um, and they turn out to be more of the chat and I would agree it didn't feel very formal. We had, uh, for me, um, we had really good chats and 
at the end of the day when I got the offer the decision was made because I thought I'd really like to work with that person I can see myself working well with them I, I feel I'd fit into their team um, and that's why I joined so that would be my guidance to students think about what you need to know to be working in that team would you feel comfortable what else do you need to know from that person as the leader of the team you're going to be joining Perfect, Sarah. I mean, again, um, that's really great advice. And, you know, there's a, there's an element of research there of understanding what you can ask. And it, there's yeah. an interest in the actual person there and then taking their learning and kind of going, right, well, yeah, that works for me. And, you know, I like the, the sound of this. And, you know, when you hear people like you saying about the experience of their interview, um, it's, it's fantastic because I always find that those chats are actually more easy to get people to kind of break down and, and, and you can see the real person coming through. Um, so great stuff. Sarah, I think really we could spend a lot of time tapping your knowledge and, um, you know, at the, at, we're coming to the end of their time for the session and we're going to have to wrap it up. Um, so I'd just like to say um, on behalf of the university and the students um, that are watching actually today, um, thank you for all the information and advice. And uh, if I gave you, it took away some tips there, Sarah, if I ever want the job on the way, uh, don't, tell, don't tell my boss. Um, so I think we'll, we'll see more um, recruiters adopt similar, you know, um, processes to yours that might not have actually reached that stage. So EY, as you said, has been doing it for 10 years, you know, and um really the strengths and skills and kind of what that looks like is something that me and my team uh, reaching out to employers on behalf of students um, are finding more and more often coming up in conversation. So it, it's very good to have this kind of guidance from someone that's experienced as yourself. And um, it'll stand the, the people that are listening today in really good stead for future um, job opportunities and, and interviews. So to everyone there, um, I would uh, hope you find the session uh, informative, useful. Um, thanks again to Sarah and EY for sponsoring and um, to everyone, good luck in the job opportunity search. Um, thank you. You have been listening to Find Your Future, a podcast from careers, employability and skills at Queen's University Belfast. For more career helps and advice, visit go.qb.ac.uk slash careers.